Nogueras y Camero, Miriam. Sí. Rufián Romero, Gabriel. Sí. Declaro otorgada la confianza del Congreso de los Diputados a don Pedro Sánchez Pérez Castejón como presidente del Gobierno. This is Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. And what you just heard is Catalan pro-independence party leaders voting for the re-election of Pedro Sánchez as Spanish Prime Minister. This is Lucia Benavides, your host. After two days of debate in the Spanish Congress, Sánchez received the necessary votes to form a new government. 179 deputies endorsed him in a 350-member chamber. This was a long time coming, after July's inconclusive elections left a hung parliament for four months. But the re-election comes with a controversial amnesty deal that has caused a lot of backlash. The proposed law would benefit those involved in the Catalan pro-independence push of the last decade, including exiled political leaders. Here to break down the news for us is reporter Gerard Skaich Folk. Hello, Lucia. Hi, Gerard. Before we get into this week's investiture debate and the specifics of the amnesty law, let's start at the beginning. So tell me, what were the results of the general elections in July? Why couldn't Spain form a government right away? Well, as you just said there, July 23rd finished with a hung parliament. So no clear winner between the right-wing parties and bloc and left-wing parties bloc. So that means a lot of deals needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And that's what started in July, several par uh, especially People's Party, the Conservative People's Party, started mm -hmm. negotiating with far-right Vox to form an alliance, to form to get the support for a prime ministerial bid by Alberto Núñez Feijóo, the People's Party leader. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the results. Okay. So, yeah. Because they received the most votes, right? The exactly. People's Party. Yeah. Exactly. The People's Party received the most votes in, the 20, in July's election. However, they fell short of a majority because okay. they needed 176 deputies and they got 137 in total. That's for the okay. People's Party. And the Socialists, the other large uh, party here in Spain, got 121 uh, deputies. So I see. Neither one had yeah, enough to rule. Exactly. In fact, the PP, the People's Party, needed the support from far-right Vox just to gain a little more support. But... They fell short of an absolute majority as well, and they also fell short of a simple majority when they needed more yeses and noes. But okay, so Feijo did the same thing Pedro Sanchez did this last week, where he went to Spanish Congress um, and he asked for deputies to vote for him to be prime minister, but he did not get the the minimum amount of votes needed is 176, and he did not get that right. Exactly, and he didn't get more yeses and noes in the second attempt in 48 hours later okay. in a simple majority that he needed. So obviously, he, even though he, the king had invited him to try to form a government, he didn't achieve that proposal. Therefore, the king opened negotiations again and asked uh, socialist candidate Pedro Sánchez um, to try to form a government. Yeah, and actually, here's Feijo's concession speech whenever he was not able to muster enough support. He says he's walking away with his principles and that of 11 million Spaniards that voted for him. 
Yo les aseguro que saldré con mis principios y con los de 11 millones de votantes. So after Alberto Núñez Feijó failed to form a government, it was a socialist turn, as you said, since they had received the second largest number of votes. Um, but they were met with the same situation, as we mentioned, because the socialists also didn't hold a majority in parliament. So Sanchez needed to form a coalition with smaller parties, like he did in his last term with Podemos. Uh, so Gerard, can you explain what was Sanchez's approach? Well, exactly. Uh, last term, it was the first time in modern democracy in Spain that Spain had a coalition government between the Socialists and Podemos, Unidas Podemos. And now Unidas Podemos ceased to exist because it was integrated into the left-wing coalition party Sumar. Sumar is led by who was the Spanish vice president during this last term, Yolanda Díaz. And now uh, the relationship was quite cordial, very um, friendly between okay. Sanchez and Diaz. And they, in fact, they, it was quite obvious and quite, quite expected that Socialist and Sumar would form a new coalition agreement, which mm -hmm. that's what happened in October. They signed a deal between Sanchez and Diaz with several improvements, especially affecting um, social rights for Spaniards, okay. such as a shorter week, uh, work week. In Spain, there are 40 hours uh, work weeks, and they just agreed to reduce it to 37.5 hours. Okay, so half an hour less every day, essentially. Yeah, yeah. to sum it up. Yeah. But they also deal uh, on fair fiscal reform, even youth unemployment, because let's remember Spain is, if not the leading uh, country, it's one of the leading countries in youth unemployment rate, so like wow. one of the highest in the OECD, the Organization for the Economic Cooperation and Development, which is um, partnered by 38 members. So okay. It's been... Yeah. Yeah, and Spain has been in the news for many years about its high unemployment rates, especially among the youth, like you were saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. Exactly. And another part of the deal between Sumar and Socialist is social housing. Okay. Uh, just to keep um, adding more social housing right. into the market. So right. that's one some of the deals between left-wing coalition Sumar and yeah. the Socialists to be able to form a coalition government, which... Yeah. After this week's results. They were able to do, yeah. And on top of having, um, well, uh, obviously having the support of Sumar because they're forming a coalition uh, government, but on top of that, they also needed the support from other smaller parties. This is where the Catalan parties come into play. Exactly. They needed the support of Esquerra, who has seven deputies, Junts, who also has seven deputies, uh, and then regional parties from the Basque country, such as EAC Bildu, with six deputies, PNV, PNV, or even the Galician Nationalist Party with one deputy. So they needed at least the support of other members to be able to reach the 176 uh, three hole, yeah. 176 deputies in Congress to back Pedro Sánchez as the next prime minister. Yeah, and that's where Catalan independence parties come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the most controversial part of these negotiations between the socialist and the Catalan pro-independence parties, as you mentioned, 
is the amnesty law. And actually, before reaching a deal between Esquerra and the socialists, um, leader Gabriel Rufian said that his party had been seeking an amnesty deal of this sort for years, including last time Sanchez needed their support four years ago when he formed a coalition government with Podemos, which the party ended up abstaining. Creo que ahora tothom sap que estem només negociant una investidura com fa quatre anys. Fa quatre anys nosaltres ens vam abstenir, que crec que cal recordar-ho, i durant quatre anys hem negociat amb un plan B. Gerard, can you tell me what exactly this law entails and who it benefits? So the amnesty law project, because it has been put forward in Congress by the socialists, but still hasn't been through the congressional yeah, procedure. It's still not a law. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's called institutional, political, and social normalization in Catalonia. So this law or this project law covers the actions carried out between January 1st, 2012 and November 13 uh, this year when it was um, uh, put forward in Congress on all decisions that have been uh, related to the independence push, the Catalan independence push. Okay, from so it's not just the 2017 referendum, exactly. it's everything it, else. Exactly, yeah. it also includes the organization of the non-binding self-determination vote on November 9, 2014, mm -hmm. which people may remember because it was back then when Artur Mas, the former Catalan president, was leading the government. And then 2017, it was led by Carles Puigdemont, who's currently living in Belgium since he left Spain in 2017 mm -hmm. after the vote in, in October. Mm -hmm. And this law is a 23-page document, or this project law is a 23-page docu document. And I'm quoting, it's the basis for overcoming a political conflict and the tool for improved coexistence between Spain and Catalonia. Mm -hmm. So it would absolve any kind of, for example, people that were involved in organizing uh, both referendums, um, political leaders, protesters that were arrested and are facing judicial charges. It would absolve them of all this. Exactly. It's a way of... Um, as they said during these last weeks, it's a way of pushing forward and bringing back to politics a, con a political conflict rather than have it in the judicial and in the okay. judicial system. That makes sense. And so this also affects political leaders who had to go into self-exile because they're because in Spain they would otherwise either be thrown into jail or be facing judicial processes. Um, yeah, exactly. In fact, one of the persons that one of the people that will be more benefit of this amnesty law is potentially that all depends on the judiciary after this law if it ends up being approved, because they still need the support of the, all the members that voted in favor of Pedro Sanchez mm -hmm. to uh, pass it, or at least 176. Yeah, um, yeah, it still has a long way to go, probably exactly. months. Yeah, Exactly. One of the things, one of the persons that will be more benefit is uh, former Catan president Carles Puigdemont mm -hmm. in Brussels, well, in Belgium. And so he would be able to return back to Catalonia without uh, facing any jail pre uh, jail sentence because his arrest warrant will be stripped out of the right yeah right oh. that makes sense yeah exactly and, and and sorry and all of the other politicians who were pardoned in 2021 who were here in jail in barcelona or in catalonia such as uriol junqueras if leader of esquerra republicana or jordi cuchar jordi sanchez leader of civil society groups pro-independent civil society groups uh, would 
even though obviously they have already spent time in prison and they are pardoned now, mm -hmm. uh, half what's the rest of their sentence, such as bar from pub holding public office, would be stripped from their record. I see. Okay. And we should say there have been many protests against this law. We mentioned that it was controversial. Um, there have been thousands of people taking to the streets in Barcelona and most notably in Madrid every night at the Socialist Party's headquarters there. They've held signs that said things like Sanchez go to jail and RIP Spanish democracy. <laughs> But it's not just the protesters. Politicians have also been critical, especially those from the conservative People's Party and far-right Vox. Both of them spoke out uh, during the investiture debate. Alberto Núñez Feijó accused Sanchez of betraying the nation just to hold on to power. And Santiago Abascal, the Vox leader, went as far as comparing Sanchez to Adolf Hitler and saying that Sanchez is organizing a coup d'etat with the Catalan parties. Y yo, junto a millones de españoles, acuso al señor Pedro Sánchez de tratar de subvertir el orden constitucional y de preparar un golpe en connivencia con las minorías separatistas. And actually, what we just heard Abascal say has been stripped from record, right, from uh, the Spanish Congress. Was there a reason why it was stripped? Well, because of the congressional law, which forbids from talking about, well, fascism. Okay, yeah. So there, there are rules in Spanish Congress. It makes sense. Um, so going back to this backlash, why has there been so much anger around the amnesty law? Well, first, because... España se rompe. Spain is getting stripped away, is breaking because of this deal. That's what conservative and far-right supporters are saying. Because yeah. of Sp Sanchez, who is breaking up Spain, because he's pardoning or like he is giving an amnesty for those who try to break the country. Mm -hmm. by That's how they see it, yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. why they it generated so much backlash. They also call him a dictator because that's what dictators would do in a dictatorship. They wouldn't allow people to express uh, their opinions, even though they are they have been protesting every single night yeah. for a while. And Sanchez actually, in part of his speech, he said, you know, that protesters have a right to be out there and that he's mm -hmm. listening to them. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. He even thank them, the ones that have been uh, peaceful protesters. Yeah. He thanked them for like expressing their opinions in, in free speech. After all, that's mm -hmm. one of the in the right of the cons in the mm -hmm. constitution. So, yeah. Mm, but also, uh, this backlash comes from like the two blocks because obviously they Feijo, who attempted to try uh, to form a government back in September, he didn't succeed. And obviously, because one of his potential options was to also try to reach a deal with uh, Junts mm -hmm. and other uh, regional parties for him, for them to back uh, Feijos, a uh, prime ministerial bid. However, uh, he didn't try that because he said, uh, I could be, and I'm quoting his own speech from his uh, prime ministerial bid, I could be prime minister, but I don't want to. Which Pedro Sanchez, during the, his last speech here this week, was mocking and it quite like mm -hmm. he started even laughing saying so Mr. Feijo you would be the only Spanish that could be prime minister and 
yeah. uh, tr- said no. Yeah. And yeah. because he um, didn't want to reach a deal with Feijó, exactly. didn't want to reach a deal with any of the Catalan parties. Yeah. Exactly, and that's the division that we have now. Those who, according to far right and conservative, are breaking Spain. Uh, which is the socialist reaching yeah. deals with pre-independence. The unity of Spain, right? They hold on to that that Thought, idea, exactly, which is in yeah. the constitution, right? The mm-hmm. unity of Spain, yeah. And they then, see it as a affront to that. And then the ones who are saving Spain from right. a dictator, who are the conservative and far-right supporters, as what they say. Right, that's how, that's how they see it, okay. And actually, interestingly, during the investiture debate of Pedro Sánchez, Um, you know, we said that the People's Party and Vox politicians spoke almost entirely about the amnesty law, criticizing it. And on the other side of this, Miriam Nugueras from Junts, while she obviously voted for Sanchez and supported his bid, she did warn him that he better keep his promise on the amnesty law because she said going against the deal that they made will not work. Amb nosaltres no provi de temptar la sort, perquè no li funcionarà. La seva responsabilitat era trobar la manera de respectar el marc que vostès i nosaltres hem acordat i de fer honor a allò que hem escrit. Um, so let's take a look at what lies ahead. Um, the new coalition government between the socialists and Sumar. Sanchez was sworn in on Friday morning and is expected to announce his cabinet over the weekend. Um, during his investiture speech, he said that this will be the only effective barrier to the what he calls far-right policies of some regional administrations in Spain. El único muro eficaz contra las políticas de la ultraderecha en comunidades y ayuntamientos ha sido el gobierno de coalición progresista de España. And he's also made plenty of promises for the upcoming term. It's not just about the amnesty law. No, exactly. One of the most heard about is free public transport for all youth, uh, children and unemployed people. We don't know what's the youth age. Sorry, we'll need to wait until... I was going to ask that because I think he said, he specifically said minors and young people. And yeah, I was like, but what, what's the... What's young? Yeah, Are we exactly. young? Because it keeps changing the, exactly. the threshold. So we'll, we'll know before January 1st next year. At least that's the, that's the promise that Pedro Sanchez did during uh, his speech. But he also talked about economic and social progress of his last term. He recap what the Socialist and Unidas Podemos coalition government have been doing. But he also focused his part of his speech on the future, on mm-hmm. the next women's and workers' rights policies that they will promote, including this 37.5 workweek hour, or also health and housing services, adapting to climate change, because after all, Catania is suffering from an ongoing drought that started over 30 months ago. Mm-hmm. Let's remember, and it needs to rain a lot. And if not, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. But um, Sanchez also talked about the coalition deal with Sumar and what it could mean, the future. How are they going to focus? Now, once the ministers are announced and they are named, we'll see which ones are the ones that Sumar keeps on their ministries and which ones are focused mm-hmm. for and what ministries are going to be for so- the socialists. And that will also give a little bit more of an um, idea of the future of this coalition government. 
It's time now for the Catalan phrase of the week. What is it, Gerard? You're the only person here. <laughs> I cannot escape so this So it's week. up to you. <laughs> yeah. Tart o dora. Okay. Tart o dora. So it means literally... Le later or sooner. Okay. Or as we say, sooner or later. Exactly. You switched so. it around. Ex well, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, in Catalan it's switched around. Okay, <laughs> okay. yeah, it means sooner or later. And obviously we'll see how this amnesty law goes. If it goes ahead sooner, it goes later yeah. because it also depends on the Senate. So many things. So Sooner many or things. later, it will be passed. And then we'll see how the coalition government goes. Okay, that's all we have time for today. Thank you to Gerard for being here and helping listeners understand the week's news. We'll be back next Saturday with another episode of Filling the Sink. In the meantime, you can catch us on social media or email us at fillingthesink at acn.cat. On behalf of the entire team here at Catalan News, I'm Lucia Benavides, wishing you a wonderful weekend. Goodbye, ciao, adeo.